Welcome to the Dell Healthcare Power Chat podcast series, where you hear from the experts about healthcare technologies. Hello, everyone. Bruce Hall here, and welcome to another Dell EMC Healthcare Power Chat. And today we're going to get into the rapidly expanding area of digital pathology as it relates to healthcare. And our guest is Mr. Dave White, who's a senior business development manager in the Unstructured Data Solutions Group, or UDS, focusing on healthcare. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing great, Bruce. Thanks for asking. And thanks for coming back on the podcast. You took us through the Unstructured Data Storage in an earlier podcast. Could you just remind us a little bit of your background, please? Sure, Bruce. I am a trained x-ray tech. been doing that for about 40 years now, believe it or not. About 25 years ago, I would say I converted and jumped over to the commercial side where I've been working with software and hardware suppliers into the healthcare space. So Dave, let's start by defining digital pathology. There's a lot of buzz around this topic. How would you define it and how does it change healthcare? Great question. So digital pathology, as you mentioned, is exploding. And it's a worldwide technology that is really hitting the mainstream market of healthcare. It's been around for a little while over on the research side where pathology and the pharma companies kind of working together to see the cause and effects of different medicines as they come through. But over the past 18 months, it's really stretched now into the clinical side. So where now digital pathology is actually being used as part of the clinical pathways for treatment paths for patients. So what kind of growth rates are you seeing in this market and what's driving that growth? The growth is absolutely amazing that's going to be happening here. The overall CAGR by 2026 is going to be at 12%. 2017, the market was valued around $340 million, and by 2026, they're going to say $900 million. And I think that that's a pretty light number. Some of the big factors that are driving that is, as I mentioned, it's the new adopters. It's the healthcare organizations and the hospitals that are out there that are starting to bring this technology into clinical practice. Another driver for the market is there's a shortage of pathologists. Because now it's in a digital format, the acquisition can be done, in essence, away from where the pathologist is, and you can have a central reading station for reading of these images. Similar to what we saw on the explosion of radiology. As you know, my background coming up through the radiology ranks, I see this very, very similar, except that the data size and data sets for pathology is much, much bigger. So you mentioned clinical and extension into non-clinical settings. Can you tell us about key use cases in both of those areas? Areas and how are patients benefiting? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about the non-clinical for a minute. And I briefly talked about those, but that's where the big pharma is working with pathology to see, as I mentioned, is this drug that we've developed actually making a biological change to the pathology in which it's trying to treat? And there's a lot of back and forth with that because of the way that the research itself goes. Well, now what they're finding is because of the real-time nature of the digital pathology, plus the fact that pathologists traditionally were minds of their own. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it was very much an opinion. Now, because digital pathology has evolved to the clinical side, there's actually large reference libraries that I, as a pathologist, can say, hmm, I'm not quite sure what this is. Can I search? one of these research databases and say, have you ever seen or show me a cancer that's in the liver? And it then gives you a bunch of slides. So the divide is now much more narrowed. 
I think that on the clinical side, as I mentioned, it's now transparently, especially in cancer treatment, it's part of the regular clinical pathway, and it has not been up until this time. So where it's also working on the research side is obviously in the genomics. So it's how these medicines are also affecting the genome and then how it affects then the biological treatment of that organ that's being treated. So it's quite amazing. And we've heard the term precision medicine, which is really bringing the science and research of medicine to the clinical practice of medicine. And digital pathology is being used as one of the instruments right in the middle to void that gap or cross that chasm, if you will. We know we're talking about a lot of data. It's a lot of unstructured data. So tell us what kind of data digital pathology generates. What are the challenges in managing that data? Where does the data live? And how do we avoid creating yet another data silo? As we learned at radiology and cardiology went digital, it was great initially for the clinicians that were practicing inside that silo or that ology. But with the invention and the adoption of an electronic medical record or electronic health record, we realized quickly that we have to share this data. So one of the big warning flags that when I'm talking to folks, I say, look, you want to make sure that when you're adopting this technology, that you bring it into your archive infrastructure and your clinical content management infrastructure so that you don't create another silo so that if the clinician is inside the EMR, he or she can have access to, you know, it might not be all the data, but at least the reference data that is relevant to the treatment of the patient. So if you want to show the picture of, hey, here's the pathology slide of the cancer that we're treating, this is what it looks like, so on and so forth. As it pertains to the size, it's quite amazing. And it's very much dependent on the tissue size and the magnification. But for a 20 times magnified single slide, they call it Z-plane, it's 2.7 gigs for a whole slide. And this is a tissue sample of 15 millimeter by 15 millimeter. Not trying to get real technical, but there's a jump here that you're going to see is pretty amazing. Um, if we go to a 40x magnification on that same single slide with Z-plane, it's 10.8 gigs. But then when we jump to a bigger tissue size, and this is where it's becoming more common practice, so it's 50 millimeters by 25 millimeters, it's a 10x to that. So it really turns out to be almost 3.8 terabytes of data. You know, you can imagine a whole slide scanner processing 500 to 1,000 slides a day. Just do the math right there. It could be monstrous. So it's a great play for us here at Dell Technology because it's not just the storage side of the house, but when we start analyzing and putting all this data together and have this reference library that we're trying to pull off of, there's significant compute that's required too. So it's a great opportunity for us, and it's a sweet spot that we're really running after. A single slide, 3.8 terabytes of data? Yes, sir. Goodness gracious. It, it, what it does, it, if we think about CAT scan, when you go in for a radiology CAT scan, it's taking very thin slices through your body. Well, that's what this does. It's a 10 times 10 Z plane that yields 10 images. So it's 10 of those images with the maximum magnification. So again, it's just the multipliers that start going up. And that's why it's incredible application technology, but it requires also incredible compute and storage performance, which, again, is a sweet spot for us. This concludes part one of our podcast. Check back for part two, where Dave talks about partners that work with Dell on digital pathology solutions, Dell's own solutions for digital pathology, where to find more information, and final thoughts.